Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is a show all about podcasting, from launching a show to monetizing and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, and as always, joined by Matthew McLean. How are you doing, Matthew? Good day, sir. Good day. Very nice outside, but absolutely Baltic. Yeah, it's um, so far the time of recording. We're in the winter. We're just moving into December, and it's uh, yeah. it's been cold and fresh. Not the worst because it could be torrential <laughs> rain every day. So, but, but our paper thin office is uh, not insulating yeah, us from not, the elements. It's not warm in here, is it? <laughs> We're in a very old mill building, and it's uh, the windows are basically porous. Uh, they might as well just have no glass with all the gaps that are around the uh, window frames. Eh? Need to check if the uh, restoration tools in Adobe Edition take. Out shivering <laughs> is there a plug-in for that i'm sure there is uh and if you were highly producing a podcast you would probably use such a plug-in wouldn't you good which is segue. a good segue <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah this season is all about highly produced podcasting which basically means putting a bit more effort into your show a really polished show um anything from the likes of a documentary style show like uh like serial or startup podcast by gimlet or um even just putting a bit of extra effort into your interviews or your co-hosted shows to make them sound a bit more polished, even just adding a few effects, a bit of music, cutting up a little bit, that type of stuff. That's what a highly produced podcast is for us. Uh, we're on episode five now, we're on to interviews, aren't we? So how to do interviews for this type of show, because it differs a bit, doesn't it, from you know a standard podcast interview. Yeah, especially if you're going to be cutting things up, moving them about, structuring them. So if you're just like, if I was just coming to interview you, we could have a conversation. And obviously I would have aims in my mind of where I wanted the conversation to go and the yeah. things that I would want to get out of it. But I would arguably have a bit more freedom yeah. than if I was creating multiple episodes and following a kind of narrative. You know, there'd be very specific things that I wanted to get from those interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, what's the ba- the basic interview structure is that you just you phone somebody up on Skype, don't you? You start talking to them. You ask the same five to ten questions. How did you get started? Uh, how did you? What, yeah, uh, and then that's basically it. You don't cut it up, so you have to kind of structure it within the interview. But the the benefit you have when you're doing a highly produced podcast is that you can actually do a lot more prep. You can do a lot more um, structuring within the show, can't you? You don't have to have it in order. You can think, oh, actually, it'd be quite good to go back and get a section that covers this because something else came up that ties into the narrative from earlier. But but it's, I suppose a, bit, a lot of it's about the, the prep, isn't it? About how to come into these interviews because, well, from our experience, you can, uh, you can end up spending a lot of time processing the content you get, can't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we kind of talked about this already and how you how you process your interviews yeah. and, and you know getting them transcribed cutting up clips highlighting stuff but it's um making it easy for yourself if you go in there and you're quite focused about it and you know the sort of things you want to pull out so yeah. i guess yeah. like there's an argument that yeah you should be prepared to take a deep dive into a conversation and there might be tangents that you could follow up on yeah. but yeah. at the same time you don't want to sit down to produce your your season with like you know twenty five hours of source material, <laughs> and it's just going to be a logistical nightmare for you. It yourself. can be it can be days and days and days of processing that, can't it? Like our the example that we always go back to is um, when we produced UK business startup two years ago. Now was that two thousand fifteen? Think so. Yeah, yeah, that was a while back now, and we went into that. That, that was probably one of the first highly produced documentary style ones we did, wasn't it? Really, it was the first time we'd gone that deep into it. Um, 
And you just went and basically talked to how many? Seven or eight or nine people? Yeah, about seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. And just explored it, just asked them a range of questions, went off on tangents. And we didn't really know, we didn't even know what the episodes would be, really, did we? We hadn't planned out that well in that sense. And it was, uh, we basically we had to come back. We talked about this previously, had to transcribe it all, pick out the themes, try and create a narrative. But what we're suggesting now is that you should go into these. And what we do these days is you go into your interview with your narrative in mind already. It's almost like, I feel like it's almost like, you know, what you would like. So if you were doing the show yourself, you know, your eight episodes, say, you know, your topics you want to cover to do it justice, to teach people in a good way, because it's you're going to be covering something that, you know, probably. Um, so, you know what you would do. And really the purpose of the interviews is to confirm what you know is to get sort of external validation it's external people um given their credibility and their particular tips around these things i suppose so you kind of know what you want to ask them you know almost what you want them to say and you're just asking the right questions to get them to say it it's not always that the case for that obviously but that's one way of doing a highly produced show isn't it yeah just knowing knowing like those sound bites if you like yeah that you can yeah. kind of pull yeah. Yeah. Your episodes. yeah and it's during the interview not being afraid to actually say right stop we'll stop here i really like that but you talked about that for five minutes or so um there was one thing you said in there which was uh you know um so you mentioned the fact that on uh titan the moon of saturn that there's these things called cryovolcanoes and you mentioned this phrase which was uh like electric snow or something like that i want you to just can you, can you just describe what that means again i know you said it already but i want to try and get it in a really concise nice little way and you just had this phrase and you can repeat it back to them something that you really liked and get them to expand on that yeah and the chances are you're going to be taking yourself out of it too so yeah, you're yeah. going to need like um well-rounded answers rather than you know you prompting them and them responding to you all yeah. the time because yeah. that's that's not going to be just so easy to to put in there and yeah. make it yeah. sound okay. Yeah, yeah, and I mean you can be you can be writing yourself. It's worthwhile keeping a track of this stuff. So have a notepad in front of you and write down the time code and say at time code blah blah blah. Uh, this is a code, a, a, a quote, a section that I want to use for this or that, and write it down because so, that's the time consuming bit, isn't it? That's the the downside of audio is that you can't skim. <laughs> yeah, you can't just like have uh, twenty pages. Of text and just skim through the headers you've got to listen to the damn thing so um having those that kind of log of what you're doing i think is a big thing although we tend to transcribe stuff anyway don't we so we can end up skimming mm-hmm. but that can be kind of costly but yeah i mean i suppose we're saying that as if that is when you do know the subject isn't it but a lot of people create a highly produced podcast where they are exploring stuff is there any sort of particular ways they can go about that do you think I guess that might like turn things on its head and you know you would be going into it doing the interviews and then building the narrative around that whereas like we're kind of talking about you've got your structure in your narrative and you need to fill the gaps with the the guest contributions so yeah i suppose if you're if you're doing the exploration so it's a subject you know nothing about and you are literally interviewing somebody about their story that you don't know very well yet or an ex something that they know really well that you don't know that much about you can still do the same thing can't you you can kind of do like a in fact you've done i remember you did this with um your contact for hostile worlds whereby did you not talk to him for 20 minutes in advance it wasn't the interview but you kind of went through a few questions and found out some nice facts and stuff like that that's right yeah and and then based the interview on that yeah yeah 
So that pre-interview helps you create the structure. You don't know the subject, but the pre-interview helps to bring out some of the really interesting bits. And then you go back and do the actual content gathering. Yeah, just uh, rec- record the pre-interview because sometimes you get the better stuff. <laughs> get some good bits out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Aye, but that could be a way to do an explore, a more exploratory one, one where you don't know it very well, but still end up having uh, you know a 20, 30 minute recorded uh, section which actually still is quite easy to process because you have done that preparation you've figured it all out and then you've gone back and got the real sound bites mm-hmm. yeah what is is there one thing like um you know is there one sort of most important or one sort of trick that you've used in the past just to make sure that you do get you know that um that good stuff yeah like going in there and and sort of thinking to myself like what above all else like what's the one minute of audio i really need from this so even if we talk for an hour like what could i go away satisfied that i've got for the for the final cut yeah so, yeah um and you know doing everything you can to to get that minute of audio yeah 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 um, even so, if it's literally telling the person yeah <laughs> uh, i mean again you don't want to stick a script in front of them yeah, but yeah. Uh, th- there's a reason you're interviewing them presumably yeah, yeah um so yeah you might have read a good quote for a good quote from them in the paper or magazine or seen them on telly or something like that yeah you like you know something that, you, that they know and you're trying to draw that out of them <laughs> yeah so yeah. much you know much better arguably to have that brilliant minute that you're going to use than just like an hour long pretty decent conversation yeah because yeah. uh, again you've got a, you know the reason you're doing a show like this is because you're going to chop things up and process it and yeah. present it in yeah. a certain way yeah yeah i mean that that one minute of audio or more i mean throughout the thing um throughout the piece it can be and this works anywhere but it works particularly well in highly produced podcasts and i think is stories like getting them to tell the stories as opposed to uh just getting the facts so telling the story of um again going back to our recent show hostile world so getting somebody to tell the story of when they discovered something how did they feel when they discovered the cryovolcanoes on titan or when they started to realize that there was um you know hydrocarbon seas and stuff like how does this feel how how did you was there what was this sort of feeling in your head when you imagined playing with this or did you play it through or or even you know talking to somebody that actually went and did something get them to tell the story of how it felt to do it yeah that stuff works really well it's really powerful especially if you can get like nice and concise get them to tell it once get them to tell it again mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll do it shorter and better the second time yeah so yeah it can be worth i think a story can be worth a lot a lot of facts <laughs> yeah what about if um, I mean, what if story if they don't have a story for something? I think uh, th- I'm trying to remember what podcast I heard this tip on. It was either How Sound or On the Wire, Out of uh-huh. the Wire. Yeah, yeah, Jessica yeah. Abel. Yes, both great uh, shows, especially if you're interested in this sort of like um, highly produced program making. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was on one of these podcasts where there was a tip about it was somebody who was interviewing a lot of um, scientists and these scientists although they were very knowledgeable didn't really have a very accessible way of um, making a point for a story for the likes of you and I you know a pleb that's listening to it (laughs) Uh, so what the what the interviewer did was repeatedly um, gave these metaphors like so what you're explaining there is that like a bus full of school kids going to somewhere and this happens and that yeah, yeah, yeah. and the scientist's like no it's it's not like that at all but he kept firing these like 
really rough metaphors yeah, yeah. until eventually the scientist went, okay, I'll tell you what it's like and came up with his own. <laughs> um, and then they used that in the program. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was on How Sound. Right. Okay. Sure it was on there. Cool. But um, I thought that was good because yeah. if left to his own devices, the scientist, you know, was happy to talk the way he would talk to one of his clued up colleagues in yeah, the lab. Yeah, and that's, yeah. of course, no good if you're, like I say, making a, a story for the general population yes so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. forcing metaphors on people until <laughs> they give you their own even scientists that hate metaphors yeah <laughs> <laughs> cool okay i think that's uh i mean that's i think that's some good stuff around how to to plan for it certainly um so just a, a wee interlude we don't have a sponsor for this episode this time no uh no no one uh willing to uh to jump on the show this time but i wanted to talk about our academy instead so we're sponsored by ourselves well, good, as good a sponsor as any. Do we do mattresses, socks, we food don't hampers? Do, no, nor, nor razors or all the other <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, the Academy, if you're out there listening uh, and you're thinking about doing a highly produced podcast or just launching a show, if you're just listening to this out of interest and you're actually at an earlier stage, you want to launch a show, you want to uh, get something out there, then the Academy uh, is what we run. It's our membership site, basically, where you can come and get a range of courses. You can get live coaching from... Uh, myself and Matthew you get the forums where we've got a big community in there that uh, chat away and podcasting all the time um and an example is we're talking about interviews today. So we've got an interview course in there, don't we? Which uh, shows oh, yeah. how to do a more pro interview. And that's actually a guest course. That was one done by um, uh, a friend of mine who uh, is an ex-BBC interviewer. So loads of experience in doing this kind of stuff. Um, and that, so that's really interesting one. And uh, improve your interview skills, how to get the best stuff out of people. Um, but I mean, also we, we can obviously do the coaching on it. We've got our live calls every two weeks so people can pop on, have a conversation with us and, and talk about how to put together a highly produced podcast. And of course, we've got your, your, uh, flagship audacity editing course, don't we? Yeah. When it comes to editing <laughs> all together. That, that shows you how to do it. So. Aye, indeed. Uh, from, right from the start, like total basics, editing skills, right through to the really highly produced stuff that, uh, that you put into all your audio dramas and into hostile worlds and all the highly produced stuff we do. So if you want to look at that, go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy, thepodcasthost.com forward slash academy. And if you had any questions about it, just get in touch. You can drop us a line through that page or tweet us on Twitter at thepodcasthost. Uh, so back to the highly produced podcasting interview skills. Uh, what about you were talking about locations beforehand? Like what's what's important about location? Yeah, it's the way it can impact a an interview if the location is relevant to what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I was at this event in Glasgow a couple of years ago. It was like a, a radio uh, production event. Um, but these things, you know, they're a bit hit or miss. And yeah. Most of the stuff um, was a bit boring. But there, <laughs> there was one really good takeaway in one of the sessions where uh, they were talking about making a programme. It was somewhere down in England and it was this village that existed, this small town or village, um, in quite a low-lying area of land. Mm -hmm. And for some reason or other, it was to do with floodplains and stuff. They basically uh, moved everyone out of there over time and just flooded the place. Okay, um, yeah. So they created a lake yeah. uh, with this, like, ex-village, <laughs> if yes. you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then decades later, they... Uh, had a really warm summer and there was a drought and this lake dried out and exposed all these old buildings, uh, which hadn't been seen for, you know, potentially something like 30 years. 
and the local radio station wanted to do a program about it. They, okay. There was an old guy who lived there as a as a kid. Yeah, sure. And they went and got this old guy and took him down into the village for the first time in you know decades. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. walked round with him, and he described how it was. You know when it was a yeah, yeah. when it was a it was habitation, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they talked about how like he was talking them through this place and yeah. over there was the flower beds and over there was the butchers and stuff but they said he was lost in his own uh memories he yeah, wasn't yeah. talking to them anymore he was yeah. purely you know and it, it, they said it made great content yeah. because it was just so visceral yeah, yeah, and if yeah. they had met him in his living room or in a cafe or got him into the studio mm. he would have still been passionate about that but they wouldn't have achieved that level of um you know, description and yeah, passion yeah, that came yeah. through in his voice. Yeah, so yeah. if you're doing something that is location specific or if there's somewhere that's easy to take your interviewee, yeah, yeah. you can get that sort of thing. So a, yeah. an example again might be, you know, I interview a, a, a former footballer yeah, and if yeah. I'm able to get access to the stadium uh-huh. uh, and we walk around the pitch and, you know, they're saying to me and over there, you know, that's the home support there and this area at the edge of the box, this is where I, I hit that shot in the, the mm. Scottish Cup fourth round, uh, you know, and, and getting them out there just to yeah. describe things Aye. to you, you you're going to get like much better results. So yeah. It's not it's not always relevant, and it's not always going to be possible. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a great tip, I think. There's something around the whole. I mean, part of the concept of a highly produced podcast is a lot more layers to it isn't there it's not just one track you're going to be putting in you know often you'll be adding music sound effects stuff like that but another layer is the atmosphere it's the yeah. you know you're interviewing somebody not just like we are in a studio so hopefully there's not a lot of background noise apart from you know dogs and cars next door but you know there shouldn't be much in the way of atmosphere or mm-hmm. actuality they call it the radio sometimes but yeah he's walking about that town and there'll be birds tweeting there'll be yeah maybe be there's water lapping in the background because the lake's still close by where it used to flood it or something and that like that adds a huge element of or to the story doesn't it mm-hmm. um and being able to sort of jump between the different atmospheres like your football one as well like if you could interview somebody uh walking around the football park and then cut to a pl- uh, ask them a few questions while there's a match going on so you can hear the cheers of the crowd and the whistle yeah. going and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's like just a it's a jump in or it's, what is it? It's contrast. So I'm trying to say, yeah. and contrast is a huge factor in engagement. Like contrasting uh, cadence, contrasting speed of speech, contrasting type of person speaking. But the background, the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. the surroundings is a huge part of that contrast too. So yeah, I think that can work really well. I think as well, uh, there's some to be said for getting people to talk you through things in this sort of present tense. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, making them relive something. Yeah. Um, rather than saying this is how it was, yeah. instead they're saying so. I'm, you know, cutting in the inside here. And yeah. I'm, I'm moving up here, and yeah. then I see this, yeah. and this happens. Yeah. Um, because I think with like these shows, with with any kind of story, people like a story because they like to feel like they're living it. Yeah. So like, yeah. You watch an action film because you know you f- you feel yourself having the achievements of the protagonist drawn into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you hear the the unlikely hero story, you relate to the person and you feel like you're 
you know, with a football story, you you feel like you're that um, kid who loved football that went on to win a trophy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you just want to go through the journey as as that person. Yes. So yeah. just kind of making them, you know, describe it in the present tense can yeah. help with that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's making it. It makes it a lot more active, doesn't it? It's the like, what is it? The active tense versus passive tense. I don't, I'm not sure if that. I'm not an English graduate. I don't know if it's exactly, <laughs> but that, that makes sense to me that it just feels more active. It feels more visceral. The fact that they're saying, "Yeah, here and now, this exists," mm-hmm. as opposed to, "Oh, someone that was gone years ago." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. All right. Any last ones about stirring up that sort of? Um, uh, more engaging sense around an interview? Uh, no, I think I'd covered everything I wanted to, unless cool. you'd anything to add. No, I think that's, that's I, think, I think, yeah, atmosphere, asking them sort of present tense, that sort of how do they feel, how do you sort of live through the story is a really good, a good way to make it more engaging, more, yeah, it just reach the listener more, I would say. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. I think let's tie up there. I think there's a couple of things, just last sort of action bits. I think the one of the biggest things for me, just going back to what we we're talking about in the first place was it was that prep. So when you're, when you're preparing for the, for the interview, the big difference for me, the one biggest change you can make is just having an idea of what you want the person to say at least a few of them, like let them explore. So let them come up with new stuff, but at least have that, like you say, that one minute that you need to get and coach them through it. Like, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to stop them and say, right, I love that bit. I, d- I don't think this bit works so well. Um, we're wanting you to make you sound as good as possible on the show. So I think that happens when you say it, this, this, and this. And don't give them, like you say, don't do it word for word, but, you know, coach them along and make them go back and repeat things and shorten things and make it concise and... Mm-hmm. It's the advantage you have in making a highly produced podcast. It's why highly produced podcasts are so much better. Yeah. Even that kind of light version we talked about, you're, you're editing them. You're doing a 30 minute interview down to 15 minutes. You're taking just their highlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case, you're actually making them rephrase it and edit it themselves, which is even better. So yeah, I'd say go away and try that at least on one interview and that could work well. Alrighty. Anything else for the, for the episode, Matthew? I think that's, uh, that's all from us. It- one of the sort of final points, I guess, is uh, just off the back of what you're saying there is to remind them that, you know, it can be edited yeah, and just yeah. to, to sort of take the nerves out. Of, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Like th- this isn't live on the radio because yeah, so, yeah. people do freeze up. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe the longer you speak to them, the more they'll kind yeah. of loosen up as well. So. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, yeah, practicing those answers, getting them to repeat something, do something again. Yeah, absolutely. And say, right, don't worry, we are. That makes them aware that you're editing it, isn't it? It's not like a one shot. They yeah. don't have to get it right. And that probably makes them get it right because mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't feel the pressure to get it right. So yeah, cool. Alrighty. So this was episode five of series eight. This is, no, nine. nine. This is series nine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you'll find the show notes for this episode over at uh, podcraft.net forward slash 905 so you'll find all the resources here we have a summary breakdown of what's going on and um, you can go back and visit the previous episodes as well if you go to that uh, go to that show notes 905 podcraft.net forward slash 905 you'll be able to link through to all the other ones in this season as well have a look through what we've covered Otherwise, again, we'd love to see you over in the Academy. So if you fancy uh, a bit more coaching around this, or even if you're just at the launch stage or anything like that, pop over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash Academy and check out our courses. Uh, you can get an idea of all the courses we've got there. Look at what's uh, involved in the live coaching, the, uh, the community, all that kind of stuff. We'd love to see you there. 
Other than that, we'll talk to you on the next episode, I think. What have we got for them next time, Matthew? Do you remember? We are going to talk about, as you quickly scroll through the... uh, Uh, using music yeah. um, and bringing other elements into the sound uh, effects and all that kind of stuff yeah so. that, that'd be interesting actually um, yeah good to get your uh, opinions on that you're uh, uh, an aficionado of music and sound effects for your drama <laughs> days so I've heard yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll cover how to use music and sound effects and stuff like that um, and all the other layers in your highly produced podcast on the next season next season next episode <laughs> even <laughs> until then we'll talk to you then see you later Goodbye.